This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. My guest this week is an investigative filmmaker. His name is Jeremy Corbell. And Jeremy, we met on the air about a week ago, and you've been on my mind since. So welcome to our podcast today. Thanks for having me on, Bill. That was great. I asked you on America's Newsroom, I said, if you're a believer, then what do you believe? And you said, no, no, no. It's not a matter of belief. Just for our audience, what is it then? Right. So the UFO phenomenon is a physical, tangible, actual, traceable phenomenon with historic background, evidence, and censored data. So UFOs is not a matter of belief. UFOs are real. If, if people don't know that, they just haven't been paying attention. And, and that is also just part of our culture that we've been living in. You know, for some people, this is a strange topic. Ultimately, there are craft of unknown origin that outpace, outmaneuver our greatest military assets. And this has been happening since we've had a military. And these craft, they are technologically advanced. They have a propulsion system that is um, asymmetrical with anything that we know that humankind has generated or created. And they fly with impunity in our restricted airspace, as well as over and through uh, nuclear facilities in airspace. This is something that has been going on and people are just kind of waking up because the military, our government, intelligence agencies, and representatives of those agencies are now speaking about this without ridicule. And, and that's a big deal. So everybody should wake up to this. UFOs are real. There's a UFO presence on planet Earth. This is not science fiction. This is fact. Mm. Listen, um, there's a Senate report that is due out in June. We can touch on that in a little bit here. But I've, I've been given this topic a lot of thought until the past week, and you really got my attention. So I've done a lot of reading in the last week, and so I'm, I'm dying to understand this. But before we get into that, how did you get involved in this topic? Sure. Look, the, the study of the UFO reality is something that requires a PhD-level understanding. It takes time to wrap our minds around what is actually going on. Anybody that claims they have all the answers, they don't. You should walk away. It's not true. It is a mystery. It is one of the remaining mysteries that human beings have, and it's right in our face. So how I got started was I heard on the radio my mentor in journalism. He is now my mentor in journalism, a man named George Knapp out of Las Vegas. He broke a story in 1989, and that's how you know about Area 51 and its association with UFOs. He put a man named Bob Lazar on camera, and I actually heard a radio version of it. And this was a man named Bob Lazar talking about how he was tasked by the United States military to attempt to reverse engineer obtained alien spacecraft. He was in the power and propulsions program to try to analyze and replicate with terrestrial materials a gravity wave amplification system. So at that time, it sounded ludicrous. You know, people knew the universe was vast, 
But the big question was, well, it's so big, they can't be visiting here. However, when Bob Lazar described this, and this is, I'm 13 years old and I hear this, he describes a non-reactionary propulsion system. A reactionary propulsion system is what we have from roller skates to rockets. You push something out the back and you go forward. A non-reactionary propulsion system is called a field propulsion system. And this is what Bob Lazar described, the amplification of gravity waves themselves. So instead of pushing out the back to go forward, you're literally falling into place. So there, there's no exhaust, no plumes, no heat signatures. And this now, 30 plus years later, is precisely what we're seeing in these military confirmed FLIR forward-looking infrared thermal videos that our American heroes, our pilots, our fighter pilots have been filming, our warships have been filming. And this is part of the footage that I obtained and have been releasing over the last month that the Pentagon confirmed as actual real military footage. I showed you that clip on mm -hmm. your show where it dropped, it appears to drop into the water. So, so now we're, we're forced because of our technology to confront the UFO reality and say, who is flying these vehicles? Who's operating them at least? Where do they come from? How are they so technologically advanced? And what is their intent? Okay, so Jeremy, you said a lot there. And a lot of people think you're nuts, right? I, I know you've heard that. And and maybe you are. No, maybe, not anymore. Maybe you're not. And maybe you're not. not maybe anymore, you're on to something. But he, he, here's what I'm going to say. Listening to you, uh, you're making the argument that there is technology that exists that flies over U.S. military installations and nuclear reactors on a daily or weekly basis. So that technology is either developed by someone here on Earth, which means it's either Washington, D.C., or it's Beijing, China, or it's Moscow, Russia, or if it's not from this Earth, it comes from somewhere else. Is that the core question, the core issue? Well, I want to I want to back you up a little bit. You know, you said some people will think you're crazy, man. That's 1950s thinking, Bill. I, I just really got to tell you, you know, the idea. I'm not telling you UFOs are real. I'm not telling you that these things are flying with impunity in our restricted airspace. Your own government told you that. They told you that. The Pentagon told you UFOs are real, and we have footage. Additionally, the fighter pilots who've engaged these craft like Commander David Fravor when he engaged what he called the Tic Tac UFO. So not only do we have pilot statements, observations from multiple pilots at different angles, we have electro-optic data that proves this. And remember, it's not me telling you this. Our government studied UFOs. They told us they stopped studying in 1969 with Project Blue Book. We've now, because of the New York Times, found out that that was a lie. There were two programs, one called OSAP, one called ATIP to study UFOs. So Bill, it's not me telling you that UFOs are real. It's your own government. There is, I believe, if I've got this correct, um, a video that was released in 2019. I think that was yours. It was captured by a Navy yes, aircraft. Yes, I released it. Yeah, and you put that out. In 2015, there was a different video that was captured by a U.S. Navy pilot who saw something out there. And in going back to 2004 off the coast of California, uh, a pilot spotted something. And the description they give defies their own ability to understand it. And just 
How would you describe what is on those videos? Well, I'm uniquely capable to describe what's on those videos because I broke the 2004 Tic Tac UFO story before the New York Times. That was Commander David Fravor. He was the head of the Black Aces. He was out off the coast of California with other pilots, and they were tasked to some coordinates to go observe. What he saw that day with a handful of other pilots was a technology that was so far advanced he said that his craft, his warplane, he was helpless, helpless against it. It mirrored him. Well, first it noticed him, then it mirrored him. It was moving without any control surfaces, no tail, no rotors, no wings, no plumes or heat exhaust. This thing came right up, mirrored him, and then shot off faster than his eyes could track it. Additionally, the sensor data shows that it was 60 miles away in less than a second after that. These objects were descending from 80,000 feet to sea level in less than a second and a half. And in fact, that's the scan volume of the SPY-1 radar that was picking these up. So it was coming from above 80,000 feet. So to move that distance at that speed with no sonic boom, it's very telling. These are technologies we do not have. Now, that object that they call the Tic Tac UFO, was captured by a man who, again, gave me his first ever recorded long-form interview. That was Commander Chad Underwood. He filmed the Tic Tac UFO on his FLIR, and you can see exactly what I said. No control surfaces, no traditional propulsion, and then the thing takes off, and the, and the, the radar lock that he was trying to hold and obtain, it just broke it. So these are powerful technologies. Now, you mentioned 2015. That was Ryan Graves. There's actually a lot of pilots, but Ryan Graves came forward on 60 Minutes just the other week. What they witnessed were all sorts of strange, non-traditional craft that, again, are highly advanced. So you, there's one called the Gimbal, and you can see that, the Gimbal UFO. And you can see that video, and you can see this object mechanically rotate against the wind, and you can hear the pilots. They are completely in shock and awe by what they are seeing. So these are the pieces of evidence. And then I recently released two Pentagon confirmed videos, one of triangles. This is a green video because it's night vision. This was filmed from the USS Russell. It was the Viper team, which is the visual intelligence team that filmed it. I was able to obtain this, release it, it was confirmed by the Pentagon. These are, are pyramid-shaped UFOs swarming our Navy warships in July of 2019. I then released another object through FLIR that was filmed off of the USS Omaha, and they were able to capture this thing. It was a spherical UFO. Again, no controls or flight systems. You can see on the outside of this, no traditional propulsion, and it appears to descend into the water. They believed it's a transmedium vehicle, a vehicle that can operate just as well underwater as in air. Wow. And to penetrate that boundary is no problem. Wow. Um, that does not sound like something that was made in Washington, D.C. or Beijing, China or Moscow to me. It wasn't. You know, that's kind of the joke here. Everybody's keeping every option on the table so they don't look like fools. The military is very aware that these are not ours. They're not black projects of ours. And they're highly suspicious that another foreign nation leapfrog technologically the United States. However, the option will remain on the table 
until we can outright remove it. And then we're faced with a much more exotic answer if that be the case, but we're not there yet. But, but Bill, something else you should know. There's something called the UAPTF. UAP is the term for UFO. UAP means unidentified aerial phenomenon. There's a UAP task force right now. There are classified briefings that demonstrate and show to our you know, armed services and intelligence agency members what UFOs are, what they should look for. I was able to uh, be exposed to these documents and I actually released two pages from them. That's something else I did. I released them because they were unclassified. So I was able to release them and people should look that up because they're very clear that these are unidentified objects, not ours. Mm. You say UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, that's a task force that comes out of the Pentagon. What, what, what is their mission? And is it the same as this U.S. Senate report? Are they working, I would assume, together on this? And yeah, so we're, we're going to see part of that in June, I do believe. That's the that's Yeah, the so the, it was June 15th or June 16th is when the Senate Intelligence Committee asked for this report to be you know, compiled, asking many of our intelligence agencies to fess up and tell what they know about UFOs. Some of it will be classified, but they asked for the majority of it to not be classified. They want to teach the American public about the UAP or UFO phenomenon. So the UAP task force, they are the ones compiling this report. A task force by nature means that it's a temporary you know, organization. We're hoping there's going to be a more permanent one, but they are compiling the information for the American public. And the hope is that the majority of it will be unclassified. They're going to be giving this report to the Senate Intelligence Committee, but the idea is the American public will learn more. Wow. So let's see if those dates in mid-June hold or whether or not it's postponed. That'll be very, right. very interesting. A couple more things here. I I didn't realize this, but I guess in 2007, Harry Reid from Truth or Consequences, Nevada, convened a secret meeting at the U.S. Capitol, and he brought in senators anyway from Hawaii and Ted Stevens, the Republican from Alaska, and he said, we gotta, we got to look into this. And Ted Stevens was, was in with both feet immediately. And the reason being, he, I believe he was a pilot during the Second World War, and his comment was something, paraphrasing, I've seen all kinds of stuff up there. And, yeah, I want to know what it is. And I, I guess that was how it began. So that's 13, 14 years ago. And then tucked away about 18 months ago in one of the COVID relief bills, Senator Warner from Virginia uh, had a provision in there that made it clear that the Senate was going to pay, make some information public, and that's what drives us to mid-June of 2021. Do, do I have that right? Uh, you know, pr pr pretty much. You, you know, it is important to say that um, Senator Harry Reid was the one that spearheaded the $22 million funding that was allocated to OSAP, Advanced Aerospace Weapons Systems Application Program. So that was a UFO study program, and it was put together by the senators that you said, and they got black budget money, $22 million, which really isn't that much. I mean, you can't even right. buy a proper airplane with that. But hey, it's something. And they did a, a long study with this uh, at a place called Skinwalker Ranch. That was one of the places they studied, a place of high UFO activity. Where's that? But also they, they looked into military cases, such as um, ATIP was an auxiliary group. They did not receive the $22 million that was misreported 
by the New York Times. They didn't receive a penny of it, actually, but they were a loosely knit group to study specifically military encounters because they're typically really well documented. And then as you move forward through time, I mean, my mentor in journalism, George Knapp, he was actually sitting in on some of these meetings because he's the one that introduced Harry Reid to the fact that we do have these these um, interests within our military to study UFOs. Let's just say that at least. And we actually have materials. And Harry Reid you know, has, has said that Lockheed Martin is one of the places that has UFO craft or materials. They call them metamaterials, pieces of craft. So all of this is coming out. Again, you don't have to take my word for it, but hopefully we learn something new, you know, come this June with this report. Hopefully okay. it's not delayed. All right. Yeah. Are we talking to our allies about this? Are we in conversation with with NATO? Yeah. So, you know, we absolutely share certain parts of information. You'd be surprised who we share it with, which nations. Sometimes they're adversarial nations. It's a really strange thing. There's a coordination in some way when it comes to this topic. It used to not be that way. Back during the Cold War, obviously, there were times when we were both investigating UFOs and uh, we all knew that the other one was trying to figure out what the other party had. And uh, we actually, George Knapp and I have those documents out of Russia from the heads of the program. He actually took them out of Russia during Perestroika and Glasnost. So we have their UFO documents or a huge portion of them. But yes, we are coordinating to some degree, to the best of my knowledge, with other friendly nations. But the good stuff, we really have a pretty strong monopoly on it. And, and we keep it so tied up that uh, to get access, it's so stovepiped. I mean, they consider this, and this is an, an official document, the UFO topic is considered more secret than the development of the hydrogen bomb. <laughs> You're listening to Jeremy Corbell, an investigative filmmaker. The topic is literally out of this world. It continues after this. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest home services Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Back here on Hammer Time with Jeremy Corbell. Jeremy, I did not know this, but in the late 60s, Gerald Ford from Michigan demanded Congress investigate UFOs. 
It did not. Apparently, some of the constituents were saying we're seeing things at night up there in Michigan, and it doesn't make sense. That investigation never happened. And then Jimmy Carter, I, I don't know if he was governor or prior to that, well before he was president. He reports his own eyewitness account, he says, of seeing a UFO in Leary, Georgia. What do you know about that? Yeah, and, and so did President Reagan. Look, you'd be surprised. There were numerous presidents who wanted to come forward with what we know about UFOs. Uh, the first thing President Clinton did when he got into office was he asked for the UFO files. He, he sent Webster Hubble to go look for the UFO files. And he said himself, he said that, you know, he thinks he was lied to. And it wouldn't be the first time that a president was lied to by, by long-term, you know, career uh, government officials. And so the the idea that, that a president is going to have a need to know, because, okay, look, let's break this down. When it comes to specifics and, and programs and black projects and intelligence, there's two sides to the coin of intelligence. One is, do you have clearance? And the other is, do you have a need to know? What people will find really interesting is presidents have asked and tried to get information, have been stymied. We know this for sure. They have admitted to it. They didn't have a need to know, which is unbelievable to me and to the general public. But this actually happened over and over. Now, you have people like uh, George W. Bush was shown the footage I put out last April. And he was asked by um, uh, one of these late night show hosts, what did he think about it? You've got President Obama coming forward and making statements about UFOs. I mean, this is unprecedented. But there are other people, people that really were in a position to know. We've had former heads of the CIA come forward in the last six months and make incredible statements about the UFO reality, as well as the head, the former head of national intelligence, the recent one. So, so this is a really interesting time where we're getting these comments from people that are unsolicited and they were in a position to know they take the UFO topic extremely seriously from a national security standpoint. So why wouldn't we? Yeah. Just have a few more questions for you. you. You said the other day to us, you said they demonstrate a technology far superior to anything that has ever been shown in the theater of war. And you say we're now erasing the stigma and the ridicule that stops us from looking at these events rationally. If you're right, we're changing us. Uh, we're changing our view and the way we approach this, I should say, Jeremy. Absolutely. It's been a sea change. And really, it's been the media. I mean, just having me come on your show and talk about the, the information I released in the Pentagon confirmed about UFOs without playing the X-Files music bill. I mean, that was a huge step forward for mm -hmm. media. So you are part of helping the American public translate what's going on. Look, American citizens, we have a right to know the truth about this. We, I think we have a need to know. We definitely have a duty to find out. And, and Congress and our Senate and our intelligence committees and even the president of the United States, they particularly have a duty so, to inform but, but the Jeremy, American public. I mean, you live your life. I live mine. We had a full moon the other night. I mean, everything was beautiful and peaceful. It did not affect me. I don't, I don't think it affected you. Why not just ignore it? Well, I think you would get a totally different response from the pilots who put their lives on the line and are almost having collisions with these things. Meaning? Meaning it's a safety issue at a fundamental level, if not an existential issue. 
So this needs to be looked at. If something's flying with impunity within our restricted airspaces over nuclear facilities, which is fact, and it's also fact that one of these craft shot down or turned off 10 Minutemen missiles at Maelstrom Air Force Base. And this individual testified in front of a panel of congressmen. His name is Robert Salas. So if these capabilities, if whoever has these capabilities, mm-hmm. this is important, Bill. Yeah. This is important for has, the American has, public. Has anyone ever presented a story and been proven to be a liar? Well, are you kidding me? Of course. How often? Well, like in any field, Bill, it, it, you know, th- there's going to be people that tell the truth and people that lie. But the difference with what I'm talking about is you don't have to take my word for it. Why don't you talk with your representative government, talk with them about how they're studying UFOs. I mean, this is all news that's out there now. This is all information being told since December of 2017 to the American public. So I understand you're asking questions that the general public would ask as they're learning about this. And I I appreciate that. But I think it's really important that people know that if they are in the dark on this subject, they haven't been paying attention, and maybe it's time to start. Well, last point. Jeremy, many thanks for your time. Oh, I appreciate it. We had mentioned a 60-minute story some time ago um, in this conversation. A gentleman by the name of Luis Elizondo was featured in a, a piece on 60 Minutes recently. He was at that secret meeting that was held in the Capitol in 2007 with Harry Reid and Senator Ted Stevens and Inouye. And he said the following. He said, I'm not telling you it doesn't sound wacky. What I'm telling you is that it is real. The question is, what is it? What are its intentions? What are its capabilities? Yeah, I think that's extremely well said. Can you answer that? No, I sure, I'm not uh, qualified to answer what its capabilities are or, or, or who's flying them or where they're from. I, I don't know those answers. Uh, I think anybody that says they do, they're lying. Uh, th- there is a legitimate mystery. And this mystery requires us to, to pay attention because it's significant on so many levels, both technologically as well as like epistemologically, you know, the nature of reality. This is an important topic. And I really, I got to thank you, Bill. I've looked at your career. I've looked at uh, what you've done in news. And I think that this is, if anything, this is news. So I appreciate you kind of being on the tip of the spear here and uh, tackling these interesting, strange, and difficult questions Um, about what UFOs are. Thank you for taking my questions today. I'm curious, and if you can prove it to me, maybe I will be converted, (laughs) and perhaps not. Jeremy, thank you for your time. Jeremy Corbell, investigative filmmaker, will await more news on this when it's ready. I'm Bill Hemmer. This is Hemmer Time. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.